Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Um, I'm going to start off with reading Genesis chapter 28, and I really believe that the Lord gave me this and spoke to me personally and was telling me this message that I'm going to, I'm going to give to you today. He was speaking to me directly, and I believe um, that it can help you as well. I believe that it is, it wasn't just for me because he has given me the opportunity to get up and to testify to somebody else and to bring it to, to you. And I hope, I hope that you take it the right way because it was stern to me what the Lord was telling me. He, he steps on our toes sometimes and he, he, he corrects us and he redirects us sometimes. And I believe that's what he was doing when, when I, uh, I got this word, when, when, when I was reading this scripture. I believe he was telling me something and I needed a change in my life and uh, uh, to take it, my life in a different direction. And, and I don't want you to be offended by this. I'm, I'm not, I don't know a lot of you, so I don't know your lives I don't know your bad habits and your good habits, but I know what the Lord was telling me and, and what I needed to change and a direction I needed to go. Um, Genesis chapter 28, and this is talking about Jacob, and, and it's the story of Jacob and Esau, and I'll skip around, but Genesis chapter 28, verse 11, and he lighted upon a certain place, and tarried there all night, because the sun was set, and he took of the stones of that place, and put them for his pillows, and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it, and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. Now, this is the first great experience that Jacob had with God in his life. This is the, the first uh, real encounter that Jacob had. And then if you'll turn with me to Genesis chapter 32... It's just four chapters later, but it's 20 years, 20 years in the life of Jacob has gone by from Genesis chapter 28 to Genesis chapter 32, from his first encounter until this encounter with God. Genesis chapter 32, verse six. And the messengers returned to Jacob saying, we came to thy brother Esau, and also he cometh to meet thee and 400 men with him. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people that was with him and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two bands and said, if Esau come to one company and smite it, then the other company which is left shall escape. 
And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord which saideth unto me, return unto thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. I am not worthy of the least of these mercies and of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant. For with my staff, I want you to notice this, for with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I have become two bands. So he, when he first crossed over, all he had with him was his staff, and that's it. And now he says, I have become two bands. He's increased. His family has increased. Just remember that. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him lest he will come and smite me and the mother with the children. Then if you'll skip down to 24, verse 24, and Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint and he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be, no, be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God, with men, and hast prevailed. These two experiences that Jacob had in his life were 20 years apart. 20 years. That's a long time, isn't it? No word, no mention in the word of another experience for those 20 years. No altar, no prayer time, nothing has mentioned those 20 years had gone by. I wondered what was going on in Jacob's life from that first initial experience with God. I remember the day I received the Holy Ghost 28 years ago, my first initial experience with God. I was raised in a church. I remember going to Sunday school every Sunday morning. I remember falling asleep under the pew during the, during the preaching when I was eight, nine, 10 years old. It, it was in a Methodist church. That's probably why. It didn't have the power that we have. But I remember going, and I remember that experience, and I remember feeling the presence of the God. I, of God. I didn't know what it was at that time, but I do remember it, and it was an experience that I had, and no one can take that away from me, okay? And so that's why we have to be careful not to uh, critique anybody else's experience with God, no matter where they go to church or what it, that experience is. We want to lift them up and encourage them and say there is more. That's just a little side note. I'm glad nobody critiqued me in in my experience. But that was a great experience I had when I received the Holy Ghost at 19 years of age. 19 years old, when I went to the altar, when I was baptized in in Jesus' name and I come up out of that water speaking in a heavenly language. What a great experience that was. 
Jacob had that initial experience, but 20 years gone by, what was he doing? He was having a family. He was working a job. He was taking kids to ball practice. He was transporting them, working a job, having, uh, you know, cattle and, 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 a, and a field and farming. All of those normal things that we do in our life, all those normal daily cares that, that we encounter daily. But he didn't find a place for God for those 20 years. That initial experience was, was wonderful. And the time that you received the Holy Ghost, the day, the night that you were filled with the Holy Spirit, that wonderful experience. No one can take that initial experience away from you. But I got to thinking about the second encounter that Jacob had and, and, and how important it was to him. In, in, the, in the scripture, if in, in, I was reading, and David in Psalms said, revive us in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years. And I'm thinking, that's not talking to somebody that's just got into church. That's somebody that probably has some gray hair, that's established. It revive us in the midst of the years. I don't know about you, but I need reviving in the midst of my years. You know, yes, it's been 28 years since I received the Holy Ghost. It's been a while. I need reviving through those 28 years and today. And I want to say, today, I need a greater touch from God than I ever have in my entire life. At 47 years of age, I need a greater walk, a greater move of God in my life in my life today more than I ever have even 28 years ago. And, and I'm gonna explain to you why here. And this is what the Lord uh, spoke to me and showed me and told me why I needed a greater touch today more than I did back 20, 30, 40 years ago, okay? Do you, do you agree that today is a different day than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago? I, I agree with that too. I, I agree that, that things have changed in, in, in life. And not just in your life and in my life, but I was reading in Jacob's life how things had changed and why his second encounter with God was greater than his first encounter with God. And I read in your hearing that um, the, first, the first initial encounter, um, he had done something bad to his family. He had deceived his brother Esau and his father. And that caused him to have to flee and have to run. And he left in the middle of the night and he ran as hard as he could and as fast as he could. And the Bible says that he fell at a certain place and he laid his head down and he took some stones and that's what he used as a pillow that night. And he fell asleep and you know the story, he dreamed a dream and he saw this ladder extending from heaven to earth and the angels ascending and descending um, up and down the ladder and at the top of the ladder was God himself. 
And the Lord spoke to him and said, uh, I am going to bless you. I am going to bless this land that you're sleeping on and your family that is to come. You're going to be a blessed person. What a great experience. What a great encounter. And then I read of his second experience. And, and, and notice that that first encounter, it was just Jacob and Esau. Esau, his brother, chasing him. Just two men. Okay, notice that. The second experience that Jacob had 20 years later, 20 years had gone by, it was a little bit different. Jacob heard that Esau was after him. It was, he, he, got, he got fearful. I read it right there in the scripture. He was afraid. He was, he was scared. You know why he was so scared? Because it said it wasn't just Esau this time. It was Esau and 400 men. The battle was greater this time. It wasn't just a brother chasing a brother. It was Esau and 400 men that were chasing him. The battle was greater, wasn't it? There was more to fight. The title of this message is, there's more to fight and there's more to lose. There's more to fight and there's more to lose. There was more to fight this time for, for Jacob then there was that initial time, that initial when he, the initial time when he had to have that experience, the first encounter with God. The second encounter that he had to have with God, there was more to fight. So he needed God in a deeper relationship, a, de- a, a deeper manner than he had ever had before. This time, there was more battle. There was more to fight this time. And there was also more to lose. Because now it's just not Jacob by himself with his staff all alone. It's Jacob and his family. He's got wives. He's got children. Yes, wives. He had two wives, the Bible said at that time. He has children. He has grandchildren. This is 20 years had gone by in his life. He's got an extended family. He's bigger. There's more to lose now. And that's what God was showing me in this message. When I read this, he's telling me, Dennis, the battle is greater now than it ever has. This world is not the same as it was 28 years ago when you first started your walk with with me. He says, this is a different day. And not only is there more to fight this day, but you've got more to lose, Dennis. Brother Wilbur, we've got a family. There's more to lose now than we've ever had before. So at our, like David said in the Psalms, revive us in the midst of our years. Now that I'm graying and older, I need more reviving and I need a greater touch from God than I ever have before. I don't need less God now I need more God now. We need more God now than we ever have before. Praise the Lord. This this second touch that Jacob got, that Jacob got, did he just bow down and just, just pray? No, 
He, the Bible says, he wrestled with God. He wrestled all night long. And he, was, he didn't want to let go. And the, this theophany that he wrestled with that night, all night long, said, let me go for the day breaketh. Let me go. And he said, I will not let thee go until thou bless me. What would cause Jacob to, to have that such passion, that such um, desire to, to, to wrestle with a theophany, with, with an angel of the Lord? What would cause him to, to not want to let go, to not want to, you know, to hold on to with everything he's got? There was more to lose, and he knew it. There was more to fight that day, 400 men, Esau and 400 men coming after his Jacob and his extended family. There was more, there was more passion there. And you know, at our age, adults, we have more to fight for now than ever before. And it's, that, that our initial encounter with God, our initial experience was great. And I don't wanna belittle that and I'm not belittling and I felt like the Lord wasn't belittling the first initial experience that I had with him. But today, I need to be more passionate. I need to be more um, emotional. I need to have more desire to have a, a, a deeper walk with God than I ever have before in my life. I need it now because I've got kids. I've got a wife. I've got family, I've got cousins and nephews and nieces that I didn't have 28 years ago when I first started this walk. I have a family now. So if, if anything, I need to wrestle with God more now than I did back then. I need a deeper walk with God today, today more than I ever have in my entire life. Grandma and grandpa, mom and dad, you need a greater walk, a deeper relationship. We need to wrestle with God and have that passion for our grandchildren, for our children, for our great-grandchildren, whatever. We need that desire. Pastor, forgive me for not being the first one up here. Thank you for leading us in worship. Thank you for calling us up here and leading us into that. Shame on me for not being that example for my kids that are sitting over there. Shame on me for not being the first one up here and, and, and putting my face in the carpet and having that desire because I need to show them how important that is. I need to show them that what that relationship is with God and how important it is for me to see them saved. You see, those two kids that I have, that son and that daughter, they're either gonna be saved or they're not. They're going to heaven or they're going to hell. They're going to make it in the rapture or they're not going to make it in the rapture. And right now at their influential years, I am who they're looking to. You are who they're looking to. My pastor is who they're looking to when he walks up here. He's there and I'm there. I'm, I'm that theophany. I'm the one that, that, that needs to be wrestled. I need to grab a hold of God by his legs and say, I'm not going to let you go, God, until you bless me and my family and my extended family.
Amen? I, I just believe that, it, it, you know, and I've been in church long enough to know that as we get older and as we sit in church, we adults think that's for the youth, that worship, that jumping, that shouting, that dancing, you know, that, oh, you know, I'm older now, let's, let's let the youth carry that on. I disagree. I believe we have more to fight now and we have more to lose now than ever before. And we need that dire, that desire, that, that greater ambition, that greater walk with God than, than ever before. See, they don't have as much to lose, those kids. They don't yet. It's just them and the Lord right now. And, 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 and they don't have as much to fight against right now, but we do. We have greater fight. We have more to lose than, than we did 20, 30, 40 years ago. We really do. And, and that's what the Lord was trying to tell me. He was trying to tell me there's more to fight and there's more to lose than ever before. And I applied that to my life and I want to have a deeper walk, a deeper desire to see the move of God in my church in the services that I attend, wherever I'm at, than ever before. And shame on me if I'm not the first one up there. I need to put my face in the carpet. Like Jacob held on to that theophany. It's the first time in the Bible where it says a mortal man grabbed a hold of an angel of the Lord and restricted him, confined him, bound him, and wouldn't let him go until he was blessed. And that night, Jacob got his blessing. That night, Jacob was blessed. He changed his name from Jacob to Israel, from surplanter to a prince with God. Changed his name. What, a, what, an, awesome, what an awesome experience that was. But he needed it more than he'd ever needed it in his entire life. And that night, he got his blessing. Will we get our blessing that's for you and me to work out with God. Will we get our blessing? Do we really want it bad enough? Do we really want to see our families saved bad enough that we'll do whatever it takes? And I do. I want my kids to make it to heaven. I want my family saved. There's still family, my brothers and sisters that I have that I pray for every day. Lord, help them see the truth. Help them see what they need from you and what they can have from you. Help me pray for them, you know? And, and you and I all have those family members and that need the Lord. And shame on us if we just say, well, you know what? It's their own salvation, they have to work it out themselves or, you know, they're adults now and, um, you know, they're going to do what they want to do and they can make their own choices. No, we can pray for them. We, we have to get in that dire consequence like Jacob. We have to realize that, you know what, I'm going to get my blessing no matter what it takes. Lord, I'm going to hold on to you today. I'm going to do whatever it takes for, to see my family saved. I won't let go. 
because there's more to lose today than ever before. More to lose. More fight and more to lose. In Psalms 71 and 18, I love this. It says, now also when I am old and gray-headed, hello? (laughs) It's awesome how the the Bible just talks to us right up in our face, isn't it? (laughs) Now also when I am old and gray-headed, oh God, forsake me not. That's a good prayer just right there, isn't it? Lord, uh, I need you more. I, I need you right now. I need a revival right now, oh God, in my, when I am old and gray-headed. Forsake me not until I have showed thy strength, strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. Whew, that's good. Forsake me not until I have showed thy strength until I have taught those kids what they can receive from God until I my family sees what he did for me amen until they know his strength and how he brought me out of that circumstance brought me through it that healed my family healed my life delivered me supplied the financial need that I had until I show thy strength to those, to everyone that, that it says thy power to everyone that is to come. For my kids today, for my grandkids that are to come, for my great grandkids if I live long enough that are to come. Yeah, you know, until they see it, until they see, revive me, revive my life, help me have a personal revival. You know, revival isn't just the new people that come in. Revival is, is within us. We can be revived. We need to be revived, amen? I need a reviving in my spirit and in my life for my family and for my family that is to come. Until I'm able to show them your strength, God, and what you can do and your power, revive me and help me to be on fire for you. I want to, I got just a few minutes yet. I like the story of the prodigal son. And the prodigal son is, is the most of the focus is on the son himself and his brother. But I was thinking about, as I read it, now that I'm a father, I was thinking about the father and what he was doing. And he was a good father when the boy was two, when the boy was five, 10, he protected him. He supplied his needs. Evidently, he was a great father because he even put aside money for the, for the son, his inheritance for both of the sons. So he, he cared about the boys. He cared, cared about them a lot. He loved them. And then the son, you know, you know the story, comes to him and asks for his inheritance and the son goes off. And I'm thinking about what the father was doing that time you know he loved him because he worked so hard for him to supply 
everything he needed. He loved him. So what was the father doing that time when that boy was out living the life and spending in his inheritance? Well, he must have been doing something positive and he must have been thinking about it because as soon as he heard that his son was afar off, what did he do? And he arose, the Bible says, and when he, he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. He was older, wasn't he? He wasn't a young father. He was an older father by then. He probably had gray hair. He was probably slow-footed. His step had slowed down, Brother Wilbur, when we try to play basketball. We have slowed down. And, but yet he still got up out of his lazy boy, jumped up, and he ran to the son. He had compassion on him. He still loved him, even though he knew he was wrong, even though he knew that he had done wrong, the son, he still loved him and had compassion on him. Help me to run to you, God. Help me to have compassion and have that same spirit that 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 father had. Help me to have a desire you know, it, it's, it's easy to get bitter when somebody does you wrong, especially family. You know, it's easy to say, well, you know what? That's their choice. Forget them, uh, you know. It's easy to, to be, get bitter towards somebody. But help me to have compassion on them when they do wrong. I think that was a good life story right there just for us parents, us adults, that we need to have that same kind of compassion. Lord, help me to be in the altar and prayed up so that when something happens in my kids' lives or in my family's life, that I have that same compassion. Help me to have that same compassion. Help me to love you with all my heart and to be ready to face that situation. Hey, it's no secret in this day and age, there's more to fight today. This world is more evil than it's been ever. I mean, you can, you can acquire anything on the internet, on your kids' cell phones. They can click away from anything they wanna see or do. The, the movies, the, the songs, the, everything is more evil today than it ever been in our entire lives. And it's amazing to me what the scripture says. It's amazing to me. It says, it, when iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. You know who that's talking about, the love of many? That's the church, folks. We're, we have a tendency to get wax cold from it. So when evil abounds, we're, the church is getting colder? What's wrong with that? We need to have compassion. We need to realize that in this day that we better be prayed up. And we better help our kids be prayed up. We better be that example for them. Amen? We have more to fight today than ever before. 
we have mortified. And our leaders of our country saying that it's okay. And they're hearing that in school and on the television and on the radio. They're hearing that it's okay to do this and that. Lord, help us. We have more to fight as adults than we did starting out 20, 30, 40 years ago, folks. We need to be ready. We need to be on fire. Amen? Let's stand. Let's have a word of dismissal prayer, if you don't mind. Lord Jesus, I just pray. I believe that you're going to help us, Lord. Revive us as adults in our life. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.